Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is CM Alexander with the news. In city planning news, the Zoning Commission has approved all licenses for construction to begin on the mega mansion Daisy Yellow in Dairy Heights. The land was purchased by publishing tycoon Mortimer Sandoval, who has named his future home in the memory of his late wife, Patricia Sandoval, former professor of redundancy at Maine University. Welcome to the community, Mr. Sandoval. We're all pleased to have a new neighbor. You are listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King book club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sam Alexander, alongside Joshua Khan. Hello, everybody. And Benjamin Graham. Hi, constant readers. Today we are covering part one of the TV miniseries Rose Red, and we have Josh leading us through the discussion. All right, guys, let's uh, let's get into this thing. Uh, we're taking a little bit of a departure because we're covering a miniseries that was not based off of any book, just a, just a miniseries that... Stephen King wrote, I guess. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's miniseries. It's kind of an adaptation of a book. Is it? It's a kind of an adaptation of like a bunch of his books. Yeah. There's, in, in parts. <laughs> there's an amalgamation of a lot of things. The, the very first scene is something we're very familiar with. The, the very first scene of this miniseries uh, is a young girl, uh, Annie Wheaton, and she's drawing a picture of of the neighbor's house across the street. And uh, there's, you can hear fighting outside of her door. And she's drawing this picture. And then we see the interior of the neighbor's house where it's this old couple who apparently had to put their dog down because it bit Annie. That's what we're led to assume. Yeah. And at certain point, Annie just starts drawing lines and drawing big circles on the house. And it rains boulders. It reminds me of an existing book that is actually very amazing called House of Leaves. Wait, what? Are you guys familiar? Th- no, no. I've, I've read it. Yeah, House of Leaves is uh, really awesome. Yeah, because but- the house changes. Wh- what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, am I, am I coming out of left field? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, we're, 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 we're talking, talking about the raining stones at the beginning. The Oh my God. <laughs> Oh boy, this is going to be a fun episode, gang. So, listeners, uh, just so you know, we are uh, we're we're having a marathon recording today. Yeah. Uh, this is our first. We're going to be watching the entirety of Rose Red and recording the next three episodes. This is episode one. And CM, if you're already checked out, I am excited. Oh, uh, we're going to be slap happy by this, episode three. This is going to be amazing. Uh, yeah, I was confused because obviously that happens in Carrie. And, I, I, uh, I really thought that's where you're going and completely said, misdirected this me. This is reminiscent of another book called Carrie. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, right off the bat, um, there's a few instances of King self-plagiarizing himself, (laughs) I feel like. Which I thought was going to bother me at first. But there's so many other things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I thought I was with you there for a second. Like, uh, there's things that feel comfortably familiar. 
in yeah. this. It's like a remix. It's a Stephen King yeah. remix. It's a good way uh, to describe it. Miniseries. Like it's the in, greatest hits remix. Um, I, in fact, I wish there'd been more. I wish there was like a spot the king trope. <laughs> well, there still might be. We're only through part one. True. There's a villain whose name starts with R and F. I'm going to be excited. <laughs> <laughs> that shows up. Wait, Rose Fred. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's, that's the villain's name. <laughs> that's that's the villain who lives inside Rose Red. Yeah. <laughs> Rose Fred. <laughs> oh my God. That's fantastic. I, well, so when they, the boulders rained down, the first thing I thought of was, is, are you Sorry. okay? This is based on a book. Is, is it? it? It's a companion to the best-selling novel titled The Diary of Ellen Rimbauer, My Life at Rose Red by Ridley Pearson. That's that was... not real. That's Stephen oh King wrote. Oh my God, Stephen King. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen King wrote that as like, a, oh yeah, I based it off this book. No, it's, it's not real. Because Ellen Rimbauer is the character that, yes, yeah, in the movie. In the movie. Right, but owned I thought, Rose Red. I know, but I like I said, this is just out of nowhere. <laughs> I can't yeah. do this. I can't fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it's like they they did that thing. I feel like they did this sometimes in the like, this came out in 2002. And maybe one of you guys can think of another example. But like they would have something and be like, this is based off of a true story. Like and then Blair would, Witch. Yeah. And then they would have like companion things to be like, they would point at it and be like, see, this is, this is proof that yeah, our movie is an adaptation of it, but like it's real, but the companion piece is just like marketing. Yeah. It's like the main thing. It's like when Cloverfield came out and all of the main characters had a MySpace. Yeah. Yeah. That this movie is exactly like Cloverfield. (laughs) (laughs) In that it has uh, someone from Silicon Valley in it. T.J. Miller was in. Oh, uh, Cloverfield. I've never seen Silicon Valley. Mm, Fun fact. Oh, I have nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) I can't add to this podcast today. (laughs) So, uh, God, but we've already been on this first scene for way longer than I anticipated. (laughs) Only not that important. Because I keep interrupting with things that aren't related. (laughs) Only because I wondered as soon as that scene happened. If King put it in there because he didn't get it in the original carry. I thought about that too. <laughs> I really like, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really, I need this stone rain to happen. And so he put it in this because ABC was like, we can do that. He has like a personal DVD at his house where he's edited that one scene into the <laughs> carry. <laughs> yep. That, that's exactly it. We, we flash forward from here 10 years and we are in the psych class of Dr. Joyce Reardon, who is uh, the psychic teacher. <laughs> okay. At, at I think she's a psychology um, professor, but she's kind of veered off course. Am, am I right? I guess. Yeah. Explain that to me. Like, okay. Well, the guy says that she was like a, a, a well-respected, a well-respected published child psychologist. Yes. Sure. So she's considering all of this stuff a branch of psychology. Which, nope, hard no. (laughs) It's really not. Yeah, throughout the move, this first half, she keeps saying, like, there's this other character, don't know his name, the Dean, or whatever. Oh, um... Carl Miller, the pro- he's a professor. Yeah, he's this asshole that's in charge of her Wait, he's the asshole? department. 
Okay, they're <laughs> both assholes. But he's like, we are introduced to this guy, and he is supposed to be our like antagonist. He's the guy that you're supposed to be like, boo, mm-hmm. get out of here, Dean. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you, mm, I hate you because you love ghosts. And ghosts aren't real, and you're disrespecting. Blah, blah, blah. But he's making some fucking good points. Yeah, the the people who are supposed to be bad guys, like him, and we'll get to um, Annie, Annie's yeah. family, are not really Wrong. bad guys. No, they're, no, they're the voice of reason. Yeah. See, but the thing you're not taking into account is she works for the psychology department, and psychic also starts. Psychicology. Psych- <laughs> Child psychicology. Uh, it's it's insane. It's like I ha- I wrote down in my notes, what the hell does this woman teach? Like <laughs> and this this jerk the student rival professor oh. saying, Hey, you should probably teach psychology. <laughs> You know, the thing your degree's in and you got hired to this college to teach. The thing she has tenure to teach. Yes. yes she does have tenure. Um, maybe that's why she's like, I've got tenure. What are you going to do? I'm going to talk about <laughs> ghosts all day. Right. And then her, her class gets interrupted by a student, Kevin Bollinger, who is one of my favorite TV actors of all time. But uh, I can never remember what his name is. He's one of the McPoyles from yes. uh, from Always Sunny. And most importantly, he was Mary in Psych. Yes. And wasn't he in a like a kids show when we were teenagers? I think so. Possible. He was also on the highly underrated show Breakout Kings, which only lasted two seasons, but it was amazing. I've never even heard of that. You should watch it. It's great. <laughs> He asks a question in the middle of her class that's like basically outing like, hey, you're I heard that you're doing a paranormal expedition to Rose Red, this uh, spooky house. And you're getting all this money and all this equipment from the college. And like, do you have anything to say for yourself? Oh, by the way, I write for a paper and I don't actually attend this class. (laughs) And then we have that that Carl. Carl Wilson, I think is what his name, the professor, like standing up in the back, like with his arms crossed, like, get him, kid. <laughs> and she yeah, just. He's standing in the observation room of this college <laughs> course. Yep. What? What is that? She shuts him down, though. She does. Yeah. She's, she doesn't awesome. take any shit about Mm-mm. ghosts. <laughs> she is very serious she's, about ghosts. She's very arrogant and very confident. That is exactly how I would describe her, because that arrogance is sometimes very unpleasant throughout this first act. So we get to the that student, that Bollinger kid comes and is asking her all these questions. And she's like, nah, bitch, I got office hours and like shuts him out. And then I believe that's when we meet Steve, Steve Rimbauer, even though we mm-hmm. don't know like who he is exactly yet. But he comes in. I thought he was a student. Then he just like plants one on her. And I was like, oh. How do we know that he's not, though? Because <laughs> I yeah. think because he's super duper rich. And kind of a dingus, I guess. I mean, he's his age is college age. Yeah. yeah. And that's why but I they're, was. They're kissing openly in front of her. Like, they're, her blinds are not drawn. Yeah. Right. The, the dean walks by and he's like, this I'm okay with. Like, <laughs> <laughs> None of that psychology <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Fun, getting banged in your office like a real professor. <laughs> yeah, the Steve guy comes over and you find out that his family owns 
this uh, this mansion. Marston Red. House. Yeah, the Marston, the Marston House. House. <laughs> also, oh, we will get to that. That's <laughs> some more uh, some more minor self plagiarism. Great stuff. The professor, Professor Reardon, is calling these people that she wants as part of her psychic expedition team. I love that she is going through a stack of papers, like a stack of like. If you were, if she had been producing a show, and it's like a bunch of audition and with yes. headshots of people, and the one it shows clearly is literally this like caricature of an old psychic woman with a crystal ball, yeah, wearing the like Real big bad. jangly uh, earrings, and she's like, nah. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. That was, really it was like good. they really needed to drive it home what all of these people were. Mm-hmm. And we get uh, the the two people we see get called are Emery and Emery, who is uh, just a Stephen King mama's boy. And oh, he's yeah. an Eddie Kasparak. Yeah, from it. He's yep. he's just a grown up Eddie Kasparak down to the overbearing mother that literally tells him. Don't get an x-ray, it causes cancer. Yep. Something that Eddie's mother told him in It. Oh! I totally forgot about that. Yeah, because uh, she won't let him get his feet x-rayed, I think, <laughs> if I remember correctly. It's been a while. I do love that he accepts the job. He's like, alright, we're gonna, uh, I'll be part of this expedition for $5,000. And then he's going through his refrigerator for something to eat, and then he just looks over, and the whole refrigerator's bleeding. And he's like, ugh, no. <laughs> I'm t- no matter what spooky stuff you're showing me, I'm gonna do this. Now go away. And he closes his eyes, opens it, and it's gone. Oh, and the- there's the jump scare right before commercial where a hand dives out of the refrigerator at him, and he just doesn't move. He is not phased No, at he all. doesn't I give a fuck. I want to see fuck. the other side of that scene with the befuddled ghost. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> the ghost just like, Doing my, I'm doing my best. <laughs> Bloody fridge is some of my best work. All right, I guess I'll just go fuck myself. Just leaves. Emery's a weird character. What do you guys think of him? Because he's, on the one hand, a total dink. Like, he's uh, a weird misogynist and, and a mama's boy. But also he has that kind of I don't give a shit in the face of things that would be pretty fucking scary. He sees two ghosts in his uh, house later after he's been hired on as part of the group. And there are these two spooky ghosts and he sits down with like, what, a glass of milk or something? He's a tub of ice cream. A tub of he's ice eating cream. Out of, straight out of a tub of ice cream. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, what What do you guys want? Are you from Rose? You know what? I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't care. Go away. Save the warnings for someone who's not broke. I think the, is what yes. he says. I love that line. Oh, it's so good. Uh, and then we also get a phone call to Sissy, which I hate. I hate, it. I hate <laughs> that so much. We can call her Rachel. Rachel. That's her name. Rachel, who is Annie's older sister who like takes care of her. But the first thing she says is, call me sister. Everyone else does. Why, though? <laughs> and that line was so forced into that bit of dialogue. Yeah. They're having a conversation and she interrupts herself to tell the professor to call her sister. Also, this doesn't sound like it's the first conversation they've had. <laughs> yeah. Like, it sounds like th- they've been going back and forth 
about like, I don't know if we can do this. She, we, we find out she has called their house before because her dad knows who this lady is. So why is this, this point just coming up now? I, it, it is weird that this is the one piece of writing in this that isn't good. <laughs> huh. It's kind of shocking. Uh, I know it's, it's a real curveball. So we find out that Rachel's motivation is she wants to get Annie out of their house and into the uh, school. school for gifted youth. Yes, the, the Xavier, <laughs> the, yes, the Xavier School for Gifted Mutants. Or yes, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but she needs the money, so the five thousand dollars that, like, the blanket five thousand dollars she's giving everybody is not going to cut it. So she offers. She ends up offering twelve, like twelve thousand dollars, which is funny because. In the conversation with Emery, he's trying to get 7500 out of her. And she's like, I'm funding this all on my own. This is my money. I don't have any more to give you. 5000 is it. Take it or leave it. And then his mom's like, oh, and you believed her. And she said, you know, she didn't have any more money. And I, I believed her too, actually. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I think it was just to show how Desperate. important Annie is to yeah. her. Like she probably is going to have to sell something or get mm. a second mortgage to... Yeah, uh, it's just... She keeps driving home. Later on, she has a uh, discussion with Steve that, like, Annie's the key here. Mm-hmm. Annie will wake up Rose Red. And then all of this all of this money that she's spending, she'll make back when she, she writes a book about it because she's confident. It's like a three-day weekend. She's confident they're going to walk away at the end of Memorial Day weekend with definitive proof that there's paranormal activity. But here's the thing. Oh, I yeah. There's apparent apparently everybody casually believes in the paranormal. Okay, this drove me insane. Yes. Go for it, Ben. <laughs> okay, this is skipping way ahead. <laughs> but throughout the whole thing, this this professor, Dr. What's her face. The whole time she's like her whole motivation, her goal of the whole movie is I'm going to find definitive proof of the supernatural of I guess ghosts specifically when the team meets up for the first time the whole team Annie, in the lecture hall oh you mean at the very yeah very uh, yeah as they're they're gathering to go to Rose Red Annie and Rachel show up and they're all looking at each other and nearby there are three bikes and their back wheels start spinning and Rachel looks at Annie and she's like, Annie, stop showing off, I guess. <laughs> Cut it out. And then they stop. Game over. Why are <laughs> you going to Rose Oh my Red? God, yes. <laughs> I did not even think about that. Why? I Just need a to, study on this girl. I need to prove that supernatural events exist. And I know for a fact that this little girl has supernatural abilities because oh I, it's really important that I get her. Oh my God. Why are you doing so I'm, we this I'm movie okay. exists okay. in a world <laughs> that that posits that psychics of all variety because there's like each of these psychics is a different kind of psychic mm-hmm. all of these psychics are real we all accept that they're real mm-hmm. but ghosts are the thing where everyone's like i don't think so yeah that I is where guess. the line in the sand is she doesn't care about proving supernatural powers she cares yeah. about proving that ghosts are real. Yeah, and everyone, <laughs> it, she posits that uh, taking Annie to Rose Red, her psychic abilities will wake up the house. 
because Rose Red is a dead cell. Okay. Because no one's died in it for 30 years, I guess. Hasn't it been abandoned for 30 years? Yeah. Yeah. It's no one's died in it uh, since 1972. And no one has observed any phenomenon happening in it for five years. Because five years it was completely abandoned and no one is allowed into it to observe the phenomenon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now let's, let's get to meeting the team. And the history half an hour of exposition. <laughs> ben, you were making all sorts of noises and sounds during that half hour of exposition. Uh, just every other line. I was just, okay, sure. It starts off with her in. So they have this hall and she walks out and she's like, uh, psychics, um, mind readers. All of these are ethically gray areas because those powers are not good or bad but some houses are born bad <laughs> wait <laughs> what but psychic power what does she say uh psychic powers oh god damn it i have it written down <laughs> because it was such a dumb line uh, like psychic abilities have no morality houses are different <laughs> <laughs> that's so dumb I want to see the spinoff where this lady goes to the Marston house. Where does the badness come from that the house acquired? Uh, (laughs) Evil trees. Ooh, evil trees. Oh, are we talking about the happening now? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The the happening happens in a world where houses aren't made out of wood anymore. So the trees have to exact their revenge in some other way. I don't like this tangent. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Uh, listen to our uh, Shyamalan fan cast uh, coming out next month. Anyway, Reardon goes into the the backstory like that. Even when the place was being constructed, people were being murdered. There were several accidental deaths. A guy choked on an apple. That was my favorite thing. (laughs) It's like. This guy shot somebody with a shotgun. This guy was decapitated by a pane of glass. This guy choked on lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? I don't know if you can count that one. I don't don't think that you get to add that to your tally of malicious things the house did. It was made out of apple trees. (laughs) (laughs) It's all coming together. (laughs) We really... Now I have to leave that (laughs) bit in. <laughs> well, that's good because it's a very good bit. It's a very it's good bit. <laughs> Solid gold. <A> <laughs> um, I should, I should before we go any further, we didn't do this at the top of the show talking about that we have all seen this mini series or pieces of it, but not like since it came out in 2002. So all of us like I vaguely remember some things. The only thing I remembered was it's a haunted house full of psychics. That was like the main thing I remembered. It's about what I remember. Yeah. yeah I think I watched this first part, this first of three, mm-hmm. and then uh, d- decided I was done with that. <laughs> so I don't know anything past what we've watched so far. Perfect. I know that stuff happens. That's all I got. That's all I can pretty much I remember. I know things don't go according to plan. Mm. <laughs> that's but i suppose if they did we wouldn't have a tv show 
She <laughs> went did. here. It's a and wild it speculation, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a really boring next two episodes as they just sit around taking readings on stuff. <laughs> it's a realistic depiction of uh, ghost hunting. Yes, yeah. they find nothing. Where are we even in the the episode? <laughs> Seattle. that's placed me thanks yep uh we're talking about the history of the house the history when she's in that meeting room with with everybody except for annie and rachel right okay yeah so she's she's in like her her lecture hall with her sweet ass powerpoint yeah that actually is a cool powerpoint and i thought man i could just watch a documentary about the house and not the rest of this so far (laughs) true so the important takeaways from this meeting are that the the house kills men and takes women because the women just go missing. And it also took, I don't know, a hundred years for it to be built because it starts being built and then the people don't actually live in it for several years while it's being made. And that Ellen... And I don't remember the husband's name. John. John John P. Rimbauer. Yeah. They traveled the world on their honeymoon. And Ellen got super sick in Africa with syphilis. With (laughs) it's it's a horrible, (laughs) nameless disease. Uh, and they they say a fucking riddle about it. It's uh, a disease carried by by men men and and suffered by by women, which is pretty obviously pregnancy. Yeah. CM, like, we're watching it, and Sam goes, syphilis. Oh, no, uh. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> uh, it, either We'll find out, probably. One well, or the I other. mean, we find out that she did get pregnant, because she has two kids, a boy and a girl with a withered arm. Yes. And that, apparently, th- th- it was fine that the girl had a deformation, because uh, he was just glad he had a son, and that was all he really cared about. Yep. Yeah, because women couldn't own property or any of that stuff back then. Right. So he had to have no, a son. No, sorry. Women were property <gasps> back yeah, then. That right, is, yeah. that, that's couldn't the time. Couldn't own property, were property. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. like, a bike can't own a bike rack. So yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, so gross. I'm sorry I went down that road. <laughs> I regret it immediately. Uh, we, we find out also that she became obsessed with the house and with like uh, with psychics thinking that the disease she had because she had a recurring fever, even though she was cured from whatever was happening in Africa and hired a psychic and the psychic a, a very like they're like it's it was a fake. She's a fake psychic. But then all of a sudden the crystal bar starts, ball starts glowing and smoke rises out of it. And the psychic was like, uh, yeah, normal. The look on the psychic's face was fantastic. Yeah. Like, trying to keep that game face. But everybody around that table was looking around like, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> and then that happens. And one guy just stands up and waves it away. Even though there are images in the smoke of the house. Also. They are seeing something happen. And he's like, oh, no, get that out of here. And uh, Ellen Rimbauer's um, friend slash sister slash uh, servant. Um, but we don't talk about that. Sakina. Best friend Sakina reaches out and grabs the ball and just gets blasted backwards by it in what is supposed to look, I don't know, frightening maybe, but in reality looks 
kind of hysterical. <laughs> it reminded me of Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a very Harry Potter set special effect. Yeah. Uh, so th- I think the, that's those are the main important things about the house. Oh, and the psychic tells Ellen Rimbauer that she will not die until the house is finished. And uh, the house will only be finished when she says it's finished. Yes. So does that mean she's still alive? She's the ghost. She's a ghost. The so, ghost is dead. Ghost is dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my favorite part about this movie is ghost is dead. And yes. That's a very good point, though. <laughs> that, that is a great point. Ghost is dead. So, yeah. So it takes us fucking half an hour of exposition. And it's all ruined by McPoyle. <laughs> uh, because Bullinger. as they gather in a circle at the end of uh, at the end of this to play zip zap zop or whatever they're doing, <laughs> the reporter is hiding at the back of the lecture hall and takes a picture of them and uh, that's a big deal apparently see I think that would be cool because you're memorializing like your first the first part of your adventure that first right like, yeah yeah and the, it made the paper. So what are they complaining yeah, about? It made but the no, school paper. <laughs> and it ruins that woman's career somehow. The school paper. Oh, God. Can career. we talk about the fallout of that that article and her Holy confrontation? Yes. yes, please. Professor Dean comes. <laughs> nope. Yep. Professor <laughs> Dean. Comes to confront her. <laughs> And he's telling her um, she's going to lose tenure. So they basically, he's saying they have what they need now to get rid of her. Specifically this picture of them holding hands. They're like, this is the final straw. (laughs) What are you talking about? Yeah, I I don't know how that's evidence towards their case, but okay, that... That is what he's claiming. And she had been, she'd been getting something out of her bag and cut her finger. Yep, for no reason. Yeah, we don't know what happened, but her finger's bleeding. Like a lot. So they're having this confrontation and he's yelling at her, like being way unprofessional. And she's kind of like getting into it with him. She has one hand behind her back and she's just sort of like rubbing her fingers together and they're getting bloodier and bloodier. And so towards the end of their fight, when she's telling him, you know, I'm going to come back and I'm going to have all this proof and you can't get rid of me, blah, blah, blah. She takes both her hands up, one normal, one bloody, and she just starts rubbing his face with her bloody hands. <laughs> and then he's like terrified he's going to get AIDS and <laughs> she starts making fun of him about it's it. It's so weird. Ludicrous. She, in this scene, she goes from kind of, kind of unlikable to Full on a lunatic. She is. I do not. I am not rooting for her. She is an asshole. She is crazy. She sucks. She makes this big speech saying she's like trying to make this point about the supernatural and the world. She holds up her unbloody hand. She's like, this is the world we see. This is, oh, it's solid. Their skin and air. But underneath, and she holds up her bloody hand. She's like, that's the other side. The supernatural, it's liquid. The psychicology. Yeah, the psychicology (laughs) of it all. And starts just like rubs her blood. Not a little, like, it's a lot of blood. And then when he's like, I have to go to the infirmary, she mocks him for thinking he 
has AIDS. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Ah, if you believed in ghosts, you wouldn't believe in AIDS? What is your point? <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> that's, an that's an excellent question. She is a crazy person. She is an insane person. So, ghosts is dead. AIDS is ghosts. <laughs> is that? Yes. That's what we've learned so far. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, next, we have, she's built this team by this point of five people have joined. Yeah. We have Vic, who's an older man who is a uh, a precog, so he sees the immediate future. Which, uh, of course, makes you say dumb things that make no sense. He talks in the weirdest possible way. Like, he talks about he's having a vision of a guy grabbing a girl's butt, and he goes, he's got Russian hands and Roman fingers. <laughs> And they all giggle, and then they see the guy grab her butt, and they're like, ah! <laughs> you did it! You did it! That seems like a parlor trick, though. Someone really observant could have just looked around and seen yeah, them, too. Yeah. And that guy and that girl were just literally standing, yeah. like, they were in like his right line. It's not him. like they walked into the bar from the outside. Right. <laughs> if you watch any show about a fake psychic, we bring him back to psych! <laughs> <laughs> That, oh god, I wish there was a Psych and Rose Red crossover episode. <laughs> Let's Watch get on the, the phone. Hell out of that. Let's get on the phone with James Roday and make this happen. <laughs> uh so he's he's the uh, precog. There's also something wrong with him because he has what looks like like a almost like a panic attack and he goes into the bathroom and he he takes a pill. So there's something wrong with him, but we don't know what it is. Uh there's Pam who is a oh god what is it called? A touch no. 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 She's a dead zone. I thought they what? were calling her a touch gnome. Touch gnome! <laughs> That's better. It's a real That's mean a... thing to call a lady. <laughs> That's way better. I, I didn't understand it, but I'm okay. She's, she's, okay, I don't. She hides in people's I don't know what yards, the dead zone. I, I know of the dead stuff. zone. You've never read the dead I've zone? I've not read dead zone. Oh, boy. We got to read the dead zone, guys. Let's do that. Oh, damn. That's a good book. Uh, she's she's a dead zone. When she touches things. <laughs> that doesn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> that also sounds oh, like, a, a, really, See, like when, a really mean thing to call a woman. <laughs> when, when she touches things, she dead zones them. Oh, oh, okay. The act yeah. of dead zoning. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my mistake. It, it, like in the dead zone, he touches people or objects and he sees psychic visions about oh, them. Yes, that's exactly what she is then. Yes. But she refers to herself as a touch no. Touch no. Touch no. <laughs> and explains that that means when she touches things, she sees yeah. things. But then also says, it doesn't happen all the time. It only happens sometimes. And I don't know what I'm seeing most of the time. Like, great, you're a super yeah, good addition to this team. Well, okay, okay, so according to the doctor, all of these other people are entirely pointless. Basically. all she needs is Annie, right? Well, so, their, their psychic energy is going to help be a catalyst. Sure. I think she has an evil plan, and we yeah. don't quite know what it oh, is. Oh, shit, yet. you think she's actively evil and not just crazy? I think Ooh. that her greed and her... Uh, Single-minded obsession with this have made her kind of evil. It's another I, I Stephen that. King addiction story. Mm. Like her addiction is is Rose Red and the truth that she sees in it. I dig it. We also have Kathy, who is an automatic writer. I like Kathy. She seems super fun. She's like a cool mom, like a mom in her fifties, though. <laughs> 
and when they're when they're out and like demonstrating their psychicery to each other they're sitting at the bar and she asks pam to think about something like really focus on something and she starts writing and she starts writing the name steve with hearts why would pam it. think about steve <laughs> that's a really good question because she, she tells she, him, she thinks she, steve's like, cute hey you think really hard about something and i'm going to automatic write it yeah, so we're if all you, gonna know what you're thinking about. Yes. I'm Why gonna think would you about be that. like, hmm, don't think about fucking a dog. Don't think about fucking a dog. <laughs> don't do Oh no, I did it! <laughs> no. Oh now everyone knows. Why would you think of something embarrassing? I would I was just thinking, just think Apple. Yeah. Just think the word Apple over and over and see what happens. I like maybe that's just me. If somebody <laughs> was trying to psychically write my thoughts, I'd keep it simple. Uh we have Nick who is a a telepath who not uh, he sees visions but sometimes he sees them in his head but or sometimes he sees them in his beer <laughs> <laughs> when i was taking only in his head or his beer <laughs> apparently that's all we've seen so far i i was taking notes on everyone and i wrote uh i didn't know anyone's names so i wrote uh old man is a precog old lady is an automatic writer and then I wrote, this guy is not Christopher Eccleston. Because <laughs> uh, not everybody can be. Looks like a, a knockoff JC Penny Christopher <laughs> Eccleston. I predict that he's going to be my favorite. Mm. Yeah, he is pretty cool too. I hope him and the automatic rider lady become best friends. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's my hopeful prediction for parts two and three. We have Emery. Who we've met. Who we have met. Who he is a postcog, so he sees the past. That's his skill set. An ability we all have. <laughs> <laughs> We're all postcogs. I did not. I <laughs> did not even consider. Wait, you guys. I'm having a postcognition. <laughs> what is it, Ben? George Washington was our first president. <gasps> <It's>, Psychics <laughs> are real. Fear my psychic abilities. <laughs> Of knowing things <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> We've proven psychics <laughs> now, guys. This is a groundbreaking podcast. And then lastly, we have Rachel, who has no special psychic powers. But we have Annie, who is a literal carry. Yeah, she's, and, she's a carry. And we are talking about who these people are and sort of introducing them this late into the podcast. Because we meet them... <laughs> fully like I, and understand them this late into yes, yes like a half an hour part. in yeah it's a so well, it's because we spend the first hour learning about the house which yep. again i i kind of dig it was nice <laughs> I'm okay with it and then the last member of the team that's not a psychic but he's part of the team is steve rimbauer whose family he he owns the house because he's the only living descendant and then we also find out that he is going to demolish the place which is why she needs to get in there immediately because in a couple months it's just, it's getting torn down. I do love that when she's like, can it wait? Can't you like, why do you hate that house so much? And he goes, it eats my relatives. (laughs) The only legitimate laugh. Like that was a genuine laugh. It got out of me. You get the impression from their back and forth at times that she's totally using him, just sleeping with him to get into the house. And he kind of, he kind of knows it. He asks at one point, he's like, would I, if I didn't own the Rimbauer house, would I be in bed with you? And she goes, huh? Eh. 
She's <laughs> she's not even listening yeah. to him. But the answer is no. Yeah, yeah definitely for not. For sure. Uh, so uh, we've met all of our characters, but Rachel and Annie are not part of the team yet. Because there's this really weird, the first phone call that the doc and Ra- Rachel have, Rachel's like, oh, I really want the, but no, I'm not going to be there. And I didn't get, I thought Rachel called. She, no, she called Rachel. Uh, yeah, she's okay. trying to get her to come out and she's still on the fence. And and not only because she's uncertain, but because her parents are not on board. Right. And it seems like her parents are the ones who are guardians over her little sister. Right. <laughs> not Rachel. Which brings us to this scene of uh, they're at home and the doctor calls their house and Rachel and Annie's dad picks up and essentially tells her to screw. She's like, nah, we're not interested. And Rachel gets in an argument with her dad, who is kind of a dick, but, also but he's also 100% right. He's right. also very 100% right. right. Because he's like, yeah, no, we have an autistic daughter who doesn't need to be put in this situation. Mm-hmm. Completely fair, okay? But here's what I didn't get is he, once again, this is a matter of, he doesn't say no because it's ridiculous or like, no, you're not going to go ghost hunting. That's insane. He believes in the haunted house, hands down, without needing to be discussed. Yep. Because he says taking her into a genuinely haunted house is like using a lighter to see if your gas tank is full. Few questions. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Okay, first. I guess it makes sense that he believes because he's lived with Annie her whole life, who mm-hmm. clearly has demonstrated objectively that she has superpowers. Ben, I think they call it autism. <laughs> <sighs> I'm not calling autism a superpower. Uh, there are some who posit that autism is our species' uh, natural evolution. Super empathy. Uh, that's true. I've heard that. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, but no, she can lift shit with her brain is <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. So, of course, she's like, oh, yeah, supernatural. Which is nice. We don't have that, that like, insufferable character who's like, even though I have all this evidence in front of me of this unexplainable thing, I don't believe in this unexplainable yes. thing. But why, given even given that much, even if you 100% knew telekinesis and whatnot was real, why does everyone just know tele, taking a telekinetic into a haunted house that, that, everyone knows that'll cause trouble. <laughs> that old trope. Yeah. What are you... <laughs> See, and I, I just assumed he was worried about her mental health uh, more yeah. than whatever shenanigans she might get into with ghosts. That I don't know. <laughs> sure. Well, I, I, I can see that his point of view is that the crazy lady is trying to use his daughter to, you know, make a bunch of money and like that he can see that she just wants a tool Mm -hmm. and that she doesn't care what that puts her through and she's offering everybody you know five thousand at most twelve thousand dollars to do this assuming that she's going to make millions yeah and they're gonna get five thousand dollars each also shitty and also like this is the the other character did not turn out to be the way I thought he would, because I thought he would be that classic, I'm in denial of everything I've ever seen, and that's not the way this is. But when Rachel says, she's going to give us 
$12,000, we can get her into that school. And he laughs it off. And I was like, all right, here we go. And then he goes, no, you need like 20 a year, which also means he knows realistic. he's looked at it. Like he, that means he knows that what it takes. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what brought me around to like, oh, I guess he's not like the worst. Like he actually, if he could objectively look at the scenario and see it working out well for his daughter, he would sign off on it. Right. He's, he is not going to let her be exploited. Yes. Which made turns out that he's just a way better person than I thought he mm-hmm. was ending up. He was going to end up being. Are we just getting old? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm always I mean, agreeing with the parents. <laughs> uh, it's still, I mean, it, this is just a story in which so far all of the protagonists are uh, reasons for doing shit don't make sense. And all of the antagonists are like, yeah, you are thinking about it reasonably. And the story is saying, yeah, you shouldn't be reasonable about stuff. There are ghosts <laughs> around. Speaking of our reasonable antagonists, then we come to Professor Miller drops off Bollinger outside the gate, which as we find out, Rose Red <laughs> is in the middle of downtown Seattle. It is literally shot. Any reverse shot of the characters standing in front of the gate is literally just Highway, just and- highways and skyscrapers across the street from this like old rickety mansion. It's so out of place. It it pulls me out of that space. Yeah, oh, and it 100%. takes away that mystery and that majesty, and it makes it seem like nothing. Yeah, it's almost like it's dumb and bad. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the opposite of the Marston House. <laughs> Like, <laughs> in, in Salem's Lot, no matter where you are, you can see the Marston house. Yeah. In Rose Red, it doesn't matter where you are, you can see Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that's it. Because then I think, okay, when stuff starts starts to go crazy, just leave and walk half a block yeah. into a Starbucks and ask for help. Yeah. yeah, you can squeeze through that fence, I'm pretty sure. Like, those, those pipes were... And, and the the guy has a, a an opener for the fence. Like oh, how? And no keys? idea how. And a key. Yeah, how did he get all this? Bollinger, stuff? the 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 reporter, the reporter guy that uh, Dean the the Dean, Dean sent professor. him here. I don't, professor Dean, I don't care. <laughs> this dingus uh, sends this reporter in because he's like, okay, you're gonna camp out in this house and wait for him. And when they're rocking around doing psychic stuff, take pictures of him. Make him look dumb because that's, I guess, his plan to to take funny pictures. Yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. But when he gets there, he has the, the like a garage door opener for the front fence and keys to all of the doors inside. Yep, they're even all though, labeled. Even though the doc and her group had to like had to specifically get Steve laid <laughs> to let to let them laid, in the house, basically to let them use the house. <laughs> yep. They I, just, she just slept with the wrong guy. Yeah, she just slept with, uh, I don't know, somebody who had the spares. <laughs> that would have uh, been way easier. Bollinger gets in the house and he's looking around and he goes to like open one of the doors and it opens by itself. And then that's where uh, Sukina, who we have seen in flashbacks. the flashbacks, that was her, her uh, like Best caretaker, friend, yeah. sister, mm-hmm. uh, invites, like knows exactly who he is, knows his name, knows why he's here. And it's like, right this way and opens the door 
and like lures him in. Also, that was the first thing that was like, okay, now we're getting going. Now I'm actually getting into it. And it's creepy for us because mm-hmm. we saw the flashback, so we know that she is a ghost. Yeah, and <laughs> he, he has doesn't know that. No idea. So he's just following her in this room, and he gets. Turned around and he's like calling for her because he gets he's lost and he finds himself in the greenhouse. And you can see, no matter what angle you're in, you can see both ends of the greenhouse. It is not <laughs> a large space, but he does he pirouettes so many times in that room that <laughs> like he gets himself turned around and confused <laughs> and never seems to get out of the middle of the room because all these bees start showing up. And he's like Fuck this. This is scary. Pulls out his cell phone and calls and there's no answer. Did that beehive look dead? Yeah. You guys, it was a totally yes. dead beehive. It, it was not a healthy dead. living. It was a dead cell. But there are, <laughs> there are all these ghost bees coming out of it. <laughs> That's why he never got stung. You can tell they're ghosts uh, because of the obvious CGI. <laughs> there, there were some very CGI bees. But this is also 2001 when this was BGI. made. BGI. <laughs> Get out. Cut that, cut that out. <laughs> Keeping it forever. If I keep talking over it, she can't cut it out. Damn it. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> it's my superpower. It's my psychic podcast power. <laughs> anyway, he gets eaten by the ceiling. Yeah, the ceiling drools on him. <laughs> it, it does. It, it reminded me of Alien. Yes. It reminded me of Men in Black. Both good. Both good My choices. My generation's alien. <laughs> Pretty sure we're the same age. Oh, yeah. I think we are. <laughs> or I'm possibly older than I you. I you're I younger than me, Ben. Okay. So that, that makes a little more sense. <laughs> we come to the conclusion of our first part. Uh, the van full of hundreds of thousands of dollars oh, of equipment. Okay. We are not and, cutting before we talk about oh. this. What department is the... Why does the psychology department <laughs> have hundreds of thousands of dollars of ghost hunting equipment? <laughs> also, what? not something I even considered. What? The, the dean is like, you better bring that ghost hunting equipment back. <laughs> it's very expensive. <laughs> for psychology. <laughs> and, oh. uh, I can't. No, we still have you're two right. hours of this you show. You are absolutely right. Oh, man. But the my favorite moment actually is in the last two minutes of this part one when they they pull up to the house. Uh, Steve starts having weird flashbacks that aren't really important yet, but he's just uh, him <laughs> as a child roaming the, the house, calling for his mom, whatever. But they get there, unload, it's like open the back, start unloading, and there's a shot of every member of this team, and there's such there's a close up of every face looking in wonder at the rose red in front of them. And it's one character's close up, another character's close up, another character's close up, Annie side eyeing Steve, another (laughs) character's close up, another character's (laughs) like everybody has that look except for Annie who is staring at a boy. I have a question for you guys. Yes. If Steve knows that this house eats his relatives specifically kills men and he lived there as a kid and escaped unless he's also a ghost why is he going back? Why wouldn't he just give her the keys and say, see ya? Hold on. Can we explore the scenario where he's been a ghost this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> because that would straight up blow my fucking mind. 
<laughs> she's been having sex with a ghost the entire she wishes. <laughs> Uh, no, I think you're 100% right. It's why if, she never talks to him in that scene in bed, because he's a ghost and she can't it's hear. It's a ghost. It's a, it's a sixth sense oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Good. No, yeah, if if I were him, that is exactly what I would do. Like, I... And he's tearing the house down anyway, so it's not like he needs to worry about his investment. He's so just like, here's the keys. Some, like, See ya. Does he have some unfinished business there that we're going to find out about? We, uh, he better, is all I'm saying. Maybe he's doing so. a Ben Mears. He's going to write a book about it. <gasps> yep. I like it. Does he have a snow globe? <laughs> uh, do we have any predictions uh, as to what's going to happen in parts two and three? Who's going to die? Who's going to live? Ooh. Will we care? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Annie. She's a kid. Mm-hmm. Annie's going to survive. And Nick, the telepath who sees visions in his beard. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two are going to survive. I think that one of the first people to get it Will be the the um, writing lady that I like. No, oh, poor Kathy. Because they're not gonna they're not gonna get rid of Emery quick enough because he's kind of like the annoying, insufferable character. Sure, true. Yeah, he's just got to be satisfying. A little you would bit. hope he would go quick, but yeah, I think you're right. He's gonna he's gonna go hard, but I think she's gonna go first or the old guy. Uh, I don't know how, but the dean's definitely gonna bite it, right, Professor Dean? Yeah. yeah. Professor Doctor Dean. He's, he's totally doomed. Is he going to come back to the house and like try to break in while they're all sleeping or something? Yeah, maybe when he doesn't hear he, back, he kills everyone. <gasps> he comes back and gets per- possessed, uh, like Jack Torrance style. Oh, see, I didn't think he was going to get possessed. I thought he was just going to straight up kill everyone and then blame and, it on ghosts. And then blame it on ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the house is looking the forward house is to alive. that. Well, you've heard our predictions. Join us on our next episode to see if any of us are way, way, way off. (laughs) (laughs) That is it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio, Rose Red, part one of three. Join us next time when we cover Rose Red, part two. For Joshua Khan and Benjamin Graham, I'm CM Alexander, reminding you, these people are candles. Annie Wheaton's a searchlight. Hey everyone, Sam Alexander here. Rose Red Part 1 is brought to you by Online Warriors Podcast, a weekly podcast of three charming co-hosts who talk all the nerdy stuff you could possibly want. Movies, gaming, technology, entertainment. You should check them out. They release an episode every Wednesday and you can listen to them anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find them online at onlinewarriorspodcast.com. We just started listening and it's a great podcast. And we hope you'll join us in showing them some love. Before I leave you, if you're digging Rose Red, you'll probably also like Shirley Jackson's book, The Haunting of Hill House, as well as a reimagining of it that is the amazing Netflix show by the same name. And also check out the 1973 British gem, The Legend of Hill House. Of course, there's the 1999 movie, The Haunting, and for good measure, the 1980s classic, The Changeling. That one isn't so much about the house, but there's a great documentary about the real house that inspired the movie and it fits with this topic really well. If you have others that I didn't list, please tell us on our social media at Dairy Public Radio. Send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. Visit our website, constantreaders.org, and check out our Patreon. And I know I say this every time, but it really helps us so much. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on iTunes so other listeners can find us. Thank you all so much for your continued support. Don't forget to check out Online Warriors Podcast. 
That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.